welcome to Rocket Accelerated Geek Conversation. I'm Simone de Rochefort, and this episode is sponsored by Braintree. I'm joined by Christina Warren, Senior Tech Correspondent at Mashable.com, and Brianna Wu, Head of Development at Giant Space Cat. Brianna, when can you change your title to something that isn't so hard to say? <laughs> I, I will work on it. I will work on that. Like this should have been your that. MO when you were creating the title. Like, okay, what's easy for people to say on a podcast? Head of development, head of head of head of, head of, head of, head of, head of. no. How about you know, it's it's how about overlord? Overlord? Maybe? I don't know. Overlord a giant space Overlord, cat? I like that. I like that. I yeah. think that's actually a good thing. Overlord, you should a do giant that. Space cat. Yeah. So I feel like before we start the show this week, we gotta get the elephant out of the room here. Christina I'm so jealous. I am so jealous. I could, I are. Like, it's not enough to go see Beyonce once next week. You're no, it's not. Twice? It's not. I'm oh. seeing her twice. I'm seeing her twice. So, oh. so, so, so How this, this is my head. happen? Okay, so um, Beyonce is going to be playing at City Field in New York next week on Tuesday and Wednesday. What that means is that I will not be on Rocket next week. You will have a, a guest host in my place. Serenity. I apologize. Serenity. Serenity Caldwell, big fan, big friend of the show. We love her. I love her. There's love not her. a better person who could replace me. Um, she's better than me in many ways. Um, but uh, yeah, so I originally, when the Beyonce tickets went on sale, and I think I talked about this on Rocket, I got floor seats and my sister is actually flying in from Atlanta to go with me on Tuesday and I'm very excited and then I had an opportunity um someone someone emailed me and basically said I have another pair of seats for you on Wednesday and um they're they're good seats they're VIP it's it's a it's nice and so I'm going with my best friend Allie on Wednesday. So I'm seeing Beyoncé twice next week. The best uh, of both worlds, floor and VIP. I don't I know. like you. I, I'm I very. I love well, you, well, but I don't like you right now. I feel like this could destroy the show. This jealousy I'm feeling. You've yeah. seen Hamilton, uh, Simone. That is and, true. And so, so I mean, look, I'm. I, I I can't help that you guys are jealous of me. I'm jealous of you. This is the greatest <laughs> thing that's happened. Look, the, future this, Christina like, is going to be jealous of past Christina, who is uh, at completely the I mean, show. I mean, last year going to see Taylor Swift twice was a big highlight of my year so i saw her in in jersey and then i saw her in california that was a big highlight of my of my year um i already knew that the first beyonce show would be a highlight of my year i also this year have i'm going to see radiohead i'm seeing drake i'm seeing adele those are my next big concerts for the year um but i have to say like yeah beyonce twice in one week i i don't know really how to feel about this i'm very excited and and i'm getting into formation and i'm not sorry and um, you know it, it's yeah it it I'm I'm very 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 stoked and and you guys will all get a report. Um, yeah, in the I'm sure weeks. we will. I'm sure we will. So so but but we have to ask like so you were telling us before the show started like you went in you went retro some yeah. might say and got like an old school DSLR camera. Well, okay, <laughs> the uh, old pocket camera that doesn't hook up to your phone. Well, no, it, it yeah. has Wi-Fi. It has Wi-Fi. So oh, okay. for the Beyonce for the Wi-Fi for, for the Beyonce concert, I decided. Look, it's not my my iPhone's not going to be enough. If I have floor seats to Beyonce, if I have VIP tickets to Beyonce, like my iPhone is not enough. The iPhone cameras are great, but that is not going to be enough. I need something better. So I was looking at cameras and I was like, I need a pocket camera. I, I don't want a, a micro four thirds, even though I love those. I don't want a full DSLR because I want something that can take into the concert with me. I want a pocket camera. So first my thought was, well, I'll get the, the Sony um, RX100 Mark IV. It's $1,000, $950. I'm like, I don't want to buy this camera. So I'll look <laughs> at the Mark III. Well, that's 
$800. And I'm like, if I'm going to spend $800, I might as well spend $950. And then I was like, well, Canon's coming out with the the, the uh, GS7X uh, or G7X um, Mark II. Problem with that is it comes out on the 9th, which is the day after my first Beyonce concert. So I'm like, <laughs> well, unacceptable. That's, that's unacceptable. So I said, I can't have the first one. So then I like went with my gut. My, 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 my uh, seatmate, Ray Wong, has sworn by the RX100 Mark IV for the last year. I've been salivating over that camera for the last year. Um, I was salivating over the Mark III before that and the Mark II before that and, frankly, the Mark I before that. I've been salivating over this camera for years. So I did it. I bit the bullet, and I did. I spent $950 and bought the the Sony RX100 Mark IV. I get it tomorrow. I'm very excited. I would like to say that the whole reason I bought a camera was not Beyonce. Um, mm. That would be a lie. That would be a lie. Ooh. We would all like it if you could say that. But I would, too. I don't yeah, want you to lie. Like, you know what That would be yeah. unfair he, he, to the listeners. You're right. Here's what I'll say, though. Um, I haven't bought – the last camera I bought was, I think, like a, a GF1 Micro Four Thirds, like Panasonic, like five or six years ago. I haven't had a new camera in a really long time. I mostly use my iPhone. Um, you know, I got some lenses for that. I really liked it. But I haven't had a new camera in a really long time. And I've wanted this this the Sony camera, the, this pocket camera, which everybody is just raves about. And I've used a number of times and I've really enjoyed. And I thought, you know what? I've wanted this camera for years. I'm going to these concerts. I know the zoom lens isn't as great as maybe some of the other pocket cameras I could get, but it's, it's good enough, especially for for where my seats are. I'm gonna suck it up and use this as a way to rationalize that that this I can is your get chance. this. Beyonce it's is giving chance. you this gift of opportunity. She is. she is now. Of course, what will happen is is something that I've dubbed Christina's law, <laughs> which is when you buy a new tech product that is maybe at the end of its release cycle and the, the replacement model will be announced imminently. So what has happened here, we saw this with, with, with the Kindle. I bought a Kindle Paperwhite 3 and then the the, the Kindle Oasis or the Voyage rather, whatever, what was announced right after. Um, I then decided I didn't want the Voyage because it was too damn expensive. But what will happen <laughs> is that even though there are no rumors at all and I've searched and, and, and I've talked to people too, and trust me, I have connections. I, I, have, Christina. I have connections. Yeah. Even though there are no rumors of the Mark V, I feel very confident that within one month of me having owned this camera, the Mark V will be announced and it'll be fabulous. And I will be like, why don't I wait? But I needed it for Beyonce. So, I mean, this is the hot tip for Rocket listeners. It's like a Mac. The right time to buy it is when you need it. That's the perfect thing to say, Bria. That's just like a Mac and it's just like an iPhone. Like, if you need it, you need it. And in this case, you know what? I'm going to Beyonce. Two nights. City Field. Queens. New York City. You Get want something to show the I children need... you'll never have, like yes. other people's children. Yes, like, I need other people. When, so my children, yeah. which will never, ha- will never exist. I don't care about them anyway. You can qual- like, qualify for me as your children. child and show me the pictures from the the Beyonce concert, and I will be just as jealous as a real. Well, child. you know what? And, and you kind of are my child, Simone, because you are on my cable. I'm plan. a real girl. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but I gave you a cable login. It's true. I'm staring account. at it right now because I still have all the details written down in my show notes. You <laughs> and my friend Isabel, who are both like eight years younger than me, have cable logins care of me because because look, I'm sorry. If Cablevision lets me make 15 accounts, <laughs> like, because you care is the answer. Because like because, because care, care is the answer. I think you're, you're less of a mom and more of a benevolent, cool aunt. Yeah, you're definitely you. like whiny aunt yeah. or vodka yeah. aunt. Thank yeah. you, Brianna. I appreciate you for saying that because I don't want to be anyone's mom ever. Yeah. Um. But but, but yeah. yeah, I think you're right. Benevolent, yeah. cool aunt. I think that's Christine or big the sister. Vodka I think. Aunt. Yeah, big sister. Black aunt or big, big sister, sister. I think that's good too. I was for for one intern class a number of years ago. I was known as the, their fairy godmother. 
Did you Why? buy them what beer? Did you? Like, you no, know, I did. DSLR cameras. <laughs> oh, you? oh, I bought them beer. I gave them advice. I would help them with the resume stuff. I would outdrink them at certain things. Yeah, totally. Love it. Oh, yeah. I love it. We should talk about Apple. We should talk yeah. about Apple. We've got a lot of news <laughs> and, to get and, to and, this and week. Enough about me and the Beyonce concert and my, and my are, new camera. We are jealous and we are enemies from now on. I'm sorry. That's... I'm sorry. I love you guys. I will take so many good photos that I will share with all of you on Rocket. And 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 I'm, I'm sorry I'll miss next week, but but I have to be a Beyonce. This did make me think of a, another supplementary dessert topic, which we can come to later after we discuss the rumors that have surfaced, or rumor, yeah. singular rumor, rumor singular, that singular. Apple might be changing the release cycle for their iPhones from a biennial cycle to what, what is it? Triennial? triennial? Is that what it'd be it called? Is triennial. Yes. Biennial is one of the worst words in the English it language, is. and that that means every other year. And triennial, triennial is every three years. And I know this because when I wrote a story yesterday. I had to make sure I was using the right term. <laughs> Twice a year. Like we get new iPhones twice a year. I, I loved it because I was reading your story and I'm like, oh, I get to read a cool Christina Warren story that's impeccably sourced and I have a new thesaurus for <laughs> throughout my career. This we is all great. learned something yeah. from this. I, I'm going to admit, I was not aware that I, I knew that there was a term for every three years, but I didn't know what it was. And then I was like, oh, triennial. Okay, perfect. And I was like, oh, that makes sense because biennial is, I was like, okay, cool. I got it. Awesome. So what are the sources behind this rumor? So the idea is a couple of things. One, I mean, most of this comes from this magazine, Nikkei, um, in Japan, which has a decent-ish track record. Um, I'm not going to say that they're terrible. They're not Mark Gurman, but they're not like uh, Digitimes either. So it's somewhere in the in between, if that, if that makes sense to the, to the listening audience. Um, and they basically said that their sources say that Apple is not going to be redesigning the iPhone Every two years, as it has been, so they have a TikTok cycle. So, you know, the tick is like the iPhone 6, the iPhone 6 Plus. The talk is the iPhone 6S, 6S Plus, where you know, they have the same physical designs, but the innards are different. And then, you know, the next year you have a tick again. But instead, they'll be doing a TikTok talk. So it'll be the same physical design for three years. Um, and and I, it, this is just coming from one source right now. Um, but it does match a lot of what we've been hearing about both the 2016 iPhone, the iPhone 7, presumably, and also, more importantly, the 2017 iPhone, which I at one point wrote about. I was like, it's too early to be talking about the next, next iPhone. And I stand by that. But the problem has been we've heard so many leaks, not about the one that's going to be released in September, but about the one that will be released in 2017. And so the idea is that Apple will be making minimal design changes to the um, iPhone 7. And and all the leaks we've seen so far, how accurate they are, who knows, but there have been enough of them that they seem accurate, you know, at least a little bit, have shown that the the design will basically be the same. There might not be a headphone jack. There might be a dual-lens camera on the larger unit. There might be a smart connector on the larger unit. Um, but most of the physical, you know, the, the uh, way that the antenna bands are displayed might be different. But the the physical dimensions, the rumors right now are that they will be very, very similar. No, you don't think two speaker grills on the bottom is just going to be a massive difference? <laughs> like, this is huge, right, Christina. No. Come on. Oh, no, that's Everything's huge. different. You're- no, you're, you're right. Run out Every- to buy it. Everything's two different. No. Two speaker girls and then wow. two apples on the back. Two apples on the back and no <laughs> headphone jack. That's been the rumor so far is that it'd be very minimal um, hardware upgrade. But what we've also heard, and, and a lot of people, and, and it's not just, um, you know, Ming Chakwao and, and, and some of the other analysts who have been saying this. John Gruber, he on the talk show a couple weeks ago, he said he'd heard things too, that the 2017 iPhone was going to be 
a really big redesign. Um, so we're talking about going back to um, the all glass body, which we had with the iPhone 4 and the 4S, and maybe having OLED screens, maybe having the, 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 the home button and the fingerprint sensor embedded in this display itself, maybe edge-to-edge glass. I mean, all kinds of crazy stuff. Who knows how much of that is accurate or not? But we've been hearing now enough of these things about the 2017 iPhone redesign including even from a supplier, the company that currently makes the aluminum chassis for the iPhone, basically said, well, from what we've been hearing, Apple's only going to make the all-glass iPhone for 2017. But we don't think it'll impact our sales that much or our, our revenue that much because they still need to have, you know, like a, a some sort of metal frame uh, for something. But but the fact that they were even openly at a earnings report saying we think Apple is is switching to a different design indicates that in 2017, at least, the design will be different, which, of course, then asks the question, historically, when you would do your big redesign, would not be in 2017 to be in 2016. So, and I pose this to you guys, would Apple be switching things from redesigning every two years to every three? Does that does that seem like something that would make sense to you guys? So we're, we're looking at this as like a correlation, like because the 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 rumored redesign is happening in 2017 that kind of indicates the switch happening or they're switching for other reasons like the lowered sales yeah i mean i mean that, i think either one is, is is accurate but do you feel like do you guys feel like this rumor makes sense i mean and there's also the alternative which is it could be switching to a new design for 2017, but that doesn't mean that the that the schedule is make is becoming triennial. It could just be they had an off year. Maybe they want to celebrate the 10th anniversary of the iPhone, which is my personal pet philosophy. That was a great, great point in your piece. So, so Christina, there are people that understand Apple, and there are a few of them on this podcast today. And then there's the rest rest of the world that breathlessly does not understand Apple yeah. and does this terrible journalism. So. I would say this, if you are a true, if you are someone who truly understands Apple, over the years, you've kind of learned to read a rumor and determine when it's accurate or not. New Apple TV, we knew it was coming, all the signs were there, just API stuff, like all the signals were there. It's very obvious to most people that that follow Apple that I think you're right. This next one is going to be a very, very minimal um, design change. And I hope we can talk about if that's going to be good for Apple and the iPhone overall. Let's talk about the next. So I absolutely believe that that's that's going to happen this time. I do think it's worth considering that it wasn't until the 5S or no, was it the the 5S that we really understood the pattern? I mean, we kind of had the 3G. No, 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 no. It was the the 4S. 4S. Yeah, the 4S is when the pattern. The 4S is when the pattern was clear. So that's three years of the same pattern. That's not like a massive amount of Apple history behind this two-year thing. So I personally, do you think so? I mean, look, so you had the 3G in 2008, you had the 3GS right. in 2009, you had the, yeah. the 4 in 2010, you had the 4S in 2011. So we're talking five years. I'm with you in the the grand pantheon of Apple, which is four in, years in old, the, maybe not as much. But but yeah, I mean. it's. I'm saying that it's. it wouldn't surprise me Like they're not like changing everything by having like one time where they stretch it out for three years if they've got this really big redesign coming. Yeah, so, no, totally. And I think if you if you think about what it is that Apple really, really needs to think about and work on, what is it? Like battery technology, yep. inductive charging, you know, mm-hmm. we've got this new battery technology with like molecules of, you know, carbon that are both the superconductive and supercapacitive, so it will charge super quickly. I mean, we've got all these things that are 
we've been kind of promised that they were going to come to fruition for years and they haven't quite materialized. So I can kind of see Apple doing this for like one time. And I really find myself scratching my head trying to think of what they could possibly do this year, especially with killing the audio jack, which my friends have been so bitter about in ways I don't understand. (laughs) Mine too. Mine too. So, but, you know, I think overall, this two-year pattern, I, I really question if you know, in an industry that moves as quick as technology does, if like a three-year pattern would consistently be something Apple could do that would be sustainable. Because I think they're already stretching it with the two-year cycle to a certain extent. I think you're right that they are kind of stretching it. I, I think my question was, and I wrote about this in my piece, kind of saying, does this make any sense, is it's kind of twofold. On the one hand, I mean, I feel like it makes sense for them to say, look, we, um, you know, don't need to redesign every other year because our other products typically last much longer. You know, the MacBook, you know, the MacBook Air has had the same design since 2010. The the MacBook yeah. Pro since 2012-2013. The the Apple TV even, you know, it was 2010 to 2015 and then it finally was redesigned and it was just a little bit taller. The iPod Touch goes back I think to 2013. The the uh you know, iPad Air or not the iPad Air, the iPad Pro 9.7 is the same design as the iPad Air um, two, which is only like a millimeter thick, thinner than the iPad Air one. So that goes back three years. The iPad mini has been the same design, the whole thing. So, I mean, I think on the one hand, you're kind of right. They don't necessarily need to do that. But I think my, my question would be from a business perspe- perspective, and, I, and I'm interested in you guys' take on this, is because people have become so accustomed, one of the reasons people buy the new iPhone at that tick cycle is for the redesign. They want everybody to know mm-hmm. I have the new iPhone. Yeah. So does this hurt them then if they become more commoditized and you have the same design for multiple years? Because look, you can get the new color. You know, when when the iPhone 5S came out in gold, you could get the gold one and, and you would at least know, okay, well that's the gold phone. And like the same thing with the 6S. You know, I, I one of the reasons I got the rose gold, not just because I love pink and pink is the best, but because you, know, you <laughs> want people to know you have the new phone. But does that then become like a problem where people won't buy or upgrade as as frequently because it still looks like the phone they had two years ago? I have a few. My my main question, I guess, would be how – what are the numbers of people who are buying like that new phone every redesign? Because I mean, right. We talk about, you talk about a little bit in your article. A lot of people are still on two year plans. Even though that is getting phased out. A lot of people, I think don't necessarily feel the need to get that new phone every year. And I think that this particular redesign, like, or the having a, an off year this year or yeah, this year. And then having the redesign next year, I think that that will be, you know, short-term loss for long-term gain, especially if the new phone, the 2017 phone is, you know, considerably more advanced. Like they are, they're making that step into the future Um, for a continual three-year cycle. I, I, it's, it seems like um, the consumer and the company are almost at odds in that case because people don't necessarily need to upgrade their phones that often, but Apple does need to have a phone that lives up to the standards that are, you know, current. Right. I mean, I guess that's my question is that, you know, the reality is, is that smartphone technology is kind of slowed to a certain extent. Like you were saying, Brie, like we, we, we need advancements in battery and we need advancements maybe in some other ways, but 
for the most part, we've kind of at, we're at a plateau where the well, yeah, processors like are really fast. Yeah, slowing down, but that doesn't mean that Apple can't have the newest phone out there for the people who are adopting well, right now. Well, no, but, but, but I guess my point is that the adoption is obviously slowing because everybody has the latest smartphone, but the reason to get a new one has slowed too because at this point, you know, the speed difference between an iPhone 6 and a 6S is not that huge. You know, you obviously have more RAM and actually I think the same amount of RAM and, you know, you have, or no, you have more RAM and, and you have, um, you know, Touch uh, 3D Touch, but, you know, you don't have like a, a humongous um, leap in, in in performance, mostly because the software hasn't been really updated that much to, to really make you need to, to to make that that jump. I I would argue, do you have the six or the six plus? I have both. Okay, because I mean, maybe it's just foolish question, Brie. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. I I did see. I I really perceived that with the larger screen, the the six plus, the you know last year's model really was on the edge of what that could push. So. I personally do detect a much faster thing every day. I would agree with that. And, and I would say, you know, I didn't use the, 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 the 6 Plus as much as I've used the 6S Plus. But yeah, no, I'd agree with that. But I guess my point being that in by, by and large, you know, maybe that like one notwithstanding, like we're at a certain point with smartphones where I think not only the fact that in the United States, the two-year cycle is switched so that people are getting phased out of that. But just because the hardware hasn't improved that significantly, people can use their phones longer. Like my husband still has a 5S, um, which is, I know, terrible knowing that he's my husband, but like yeah, he does. He usually gets my hand-me-downs and he didn't get my hand-me-downs. This is what year. keeps so you awake at night. <laughs> it is what keeps me awake at night. I'm like, oh my God, you're using a small phone. I would have to say this, Christina. I think this is coming at a very dangerous time for Apple. Yes, I would I, agree. I do, because, you know, the iPhone is such a massive part of their revenue. It's not a normal it is. part it is the of, no. of their of their their lineup, right? It's not like the MacBook. They could lose the MacBook and survive. They could lose the iPad and survive. This is their lineup. And we've hit, you know, we talked about this on Rocket a few weeks ago. We have hit the peak of iPhone sales. Yes, we have. And we're going down from here. So when you take that, when you take the fact that Mac sales have slowed, when you take the fact that iPad sales have slowed, even though they brought out the iPad Pro model, and you bring forward this year that they are choosing to do something that I agree with. I love my Beats headphones. I don't use wired headphones unless I have no choice. But this is something the public is not going to take well, which is why they've done all these strategic leaks leading up to this. Totally. I think if you're going to have it break this cycle and be the same phone, I do think this is going to have a really very, very terrible effect on iPhone sales this year because of all those things you said. You know, we are phasing out these two-year smartphone plans, so there's not going to be this automatic turnover. You're not going to have people that have been saving up for new form factor. I think this is going to really hit Apple hard this year. And there's all this BS that's in the press, and you Mm -hmm. and I know the double standards that they're held to. We'll be told Apple can't innovate. We'll be told the iPhone is over. We'll be told this and that. It'll all be crap. But this will have a very substantial effect on sales, and I do think it could affect public perception. No, I totally agree with you. I mean, and that's kind of my fear is is the way this is leaking now. If this is in case, if if this is in fact true, and we don't know. I mean, I want to be very clear about that. We don't know if this is true or not because you know we just, we don't know. Um, but um, you know, I, I worry about like what does that mean? Like, does this mean that um, I've you know that that our Apple does Apple need to be worried about their sales now? For, for for this essentially, you know, because 
if you're a regular consumer and you're hearing about this for the first time saying, oh, well, you know, the next iPhone, the one that comes out in three months, you're getting rid of the headphone jack, which is already going to piss a lot of people off. Yep. And the design is not going to be that different from what the phone I've had for the last two years. Well, maybe I'll just wait out for the 2017 phone. Right. Well, what I mean, let's think about this. The the four can I impart some definite to, knowledge oh, yes, on you ahead. very yes, first? Yes, you can, Simone. Sorry. Yeah, please do. <laughs> I'll tell oh. you what this means. This episode of Rocket is brought to you by Braintree, code for easy mobile payments. Maybe you're working on the next Uber, Airbnb, or GitHub. Then why not use the same simple payment solution that helps them become what they are today? Braintree makes mobile payments so fast, easy, and seamless, it's almost magical. Add it to your app with just a few lines of code, and you're instantly ready to accept Apple Pay, Android Pay, PayPal, Venmo, credit cards, even Bitcoin. And if some other way to pay comes along, Braintree will support that too. Braintree's fast payouts and continuous support mean you'll always be ready, whether you're earning your first dollar or your billionth. See fewer abandoned carts and more sales with Braintree's best-in-class mobile checkout experience. To check it out for yourself, visit braintreepayments.com slash rocket. Once again, that's braintreepayments.com slash rocket. Thank you so much, Braintree, for supporting Rocket and Relay FM. Love them. I, mean, I really hope Rocket listeners who are obviously very, very technically savvy are like really going to bat at their jobs to implement Braintree and like the things that they're creating. You should definitely be doing this. This is a call that, to so. war, not a call to action. Also, another shout out to Rocket listeners. Thank you all for the t-shirt sales. Yeah, like, like, yeah, we all like you. We just oh my got God, our t-shirts. Amazing seeing you guys like post your photos on Instagram and on Twitter of, of you and our shirts. Like that's made my life. Pretty it much. Has. And I'm gonna be wearing oh. mine tomorrow and I'm really excited. It is beautiful. I got the blue color. I that's all I'm gonna wear. I got mine in purple um, because I had to, but but I I want I should have just ordered them in all the different colors. But thank you everybody. Thank you Kathy Campbell. Thank you Henry T Casey. Thank you everybody who's like posted that you got our shirts. It's awesome and like it makes us feel so loved and 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 I'm so glad that we have make it weird shirts, Simone. Me too. And we're gonna make it weird too. We have to go. I'm glad glad that like Simone's catchphrase is on a T-shirt because that's what we've needed, right, Brie? No, I couldn't agree more. It's, I can't it's, wait till someone sees me in that shirt and is like, what's that about? And I'm like, it's about me. <laughs> I'm the weird. I do that thing. So so what I was saying is, uh, you know, it's really hard for me to imagine, like in a historical context, what tricks Apple is going to bring to the iPhone to really – make it pop this year because we had kind of gotten hints about 3d touch by this point of, you know, the, the current model of iPhone. So, you know, the 4s Siri came out. I love Siri. I think it was a huge upgrade. I think it's got some problems, but in historical context, this was a big, important upgrade. Definitely. Um, you know, the 5s had 64 bit architecture. I know the and normal it has people, ID. It had Touch ID. I know normal people don't care about that, but, but I can huge. say from a developer standpoint, absolutely huge. Very, huge. Very I mean, big monumental. Deal. I mean, and, and frankly, it put them uh, several years ahead of Android because yeah. it took a couple of other. It, it took at least a year and a half for Android to even for for Qualcomm to even say we're going to have sixty four bit chips because before that, Qualcomm wasn't even thinking about sixty four bit mobile chips. 
you know, Android wasn't even thinking of supporting 64-bit. And and then Apple did that in, in, in 2013. And it was like, well, okay. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> well, I think about the the stats of how few Apple um, users even locked their phone before Touch ID. I certainly didn't. So if you if you look at it in context of like their their battles with the FBI, like this was a very prescient It was huge. Uh, I mean, they, they told yeah. me that. It went from like under, under 50% to more than... Um, ninety percent. You know, it 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 increased so much. Yeah. You know, um, Touch ID was a huge thing, and then, and that and obviously opened the door for things like Apple Pay. You know, I mean, really just kind of set the standard for a whole set of other things that would come down the line. You know, even though Apple Pay didn't debut with with the iPhone five S, um, it didn't come into the iPhone six. It it got people familiar with the idea of locking your phone with your finger, and that's something that everybody else again had to follow. Yeah. So, I mean, you look at those two things that were pretty big in hindsight. And, you know, I've talked on the show before that I feel the Touch ID was the least successful S model. And I want to thank the Rocket listeners that taught me about, like, holding down the, the, the keypad to, like, use it like a cursor, which is a good upgrade. But still. So I'm trying to ask myself what they could possibly be bringing to this model to kind of say, hey, the iPhone's still in the game because dual cameras... I mean, I understand that um, you know, one of the things that we don't think about with camera is the physical distance between the sensor and the lens in the iPhone is actually a really big barrier for us taking better, sharper pictures at this point. So I can kind of understand putting two lenses in there, but it's that's not like we always have a better camera. That's not a feature that's really going to make people go out there and get it. I mean, how do you all feel? The next iPhone is going to be a car. <laughs> I mean, I I, I kind of don't think you're wrong. I think that the next iPhone product for Apple probably will be a car, but I think you're right too, Brie. I can't I mean, although I will say this, I mean, I don't remember hearing anything about 3D touch before it was announced. Um, Maybe it was, but like, I, I have hopes that they will have some sort of special something, whether it's, you know, better Siri or, you know, I don't know. I can't conceive of what it would be, but I feel like they have to have something that will pull people in. I do fear, though, that, you know, even though Apple, because this is so important, Apple right now, you know, the iPhone sales dropped for the first time, you know, um, last quarter. And and even though the iPhone 6S sold better than the 5S, according to Apple, um, you know, typically what happens is the more people buy the redesign than they buy like the subsequent ones, even though a lot of times they make bigger changes to the the talk mm-hmm. phones. You know, the, the iPhone 6S will get more changes than, say, the iPhone 6 has. So like the jump between the iPhone 6 to the 6S might be bigger than the jump from the iPhone 5S to the 6. Not always, but in some cases that is absolutely true. And so I've always kind of liked the talk phones better personally because I feel like the design has been tried and true and now you can get some extra – added stuff that you don't always get. But I do wonder and, and fear, I guess, for them, you know, I, this is a business concern. If, if I were an investor, and I'm obviously not, um, because that would be a conflict, um, <laughs> I, I would be concerned that people, by looking the same, especially if it is going to lose that headphone jack, that it would be a deterrent from people upgrading it, especially since, and I, here's my bigger concern, not even so much that they might not have a, a shiny feature that gets people to buy the new phone, because people are obviously going to buy the new iPhone. Is it my the bigger, worst iPhone ever articles? No. Oh, okay. No, 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 no. I can see the uh, I, I articles can see, oh, on God, I can't already. do, I can't oh. do. But, but it's not even that. What it is is that it's all these leaks of the iPhone 2017 are creating a mini Osborne effect. 
Oh, with the where people won't buy until exactly. The new one. Yeah, exactly. which is what's happening with the Xbox and PlayStation. I, I mean, hopefully, totally. because oh, you'll be screwed happening? over well, if you don't. No, of course but. it is. I mean, <laughs> but, 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 and, and historically, Apple, because they've controlled their supply chain so tightly, had they've been able to avoid all this stuff. You know, they haven't had that. Where typically we've never seen this before. Like you see information and leaks from people like Mark Gurman and from uh, you know places in the supply chain in, in, in Asia. You know, who will leak information about the phone before it comes out, right? Um, but typically, you know, that's maybe three or four months ahead of time where you finally start seeing the details. And really, it's really in the last month, at least with Apple stuff, that you get the concrete details with other phones from other makers. It's often earlier than that. But this is the first time that we've seen a lot of smoke. And 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 what I always say with Apple rumors is that when there's a ton of smoke, there's usually fire. If you see a little, a few things, I can write it off. But when you see the same thing over and over again from different sources and in different contexts, that's when I go, oh, you know what? This is probably accurate. Like we saw that with the iPad Pro. And I was originally very anti-iPad Pro for the 12.9 inch. I was like, this is not going to happen. And then what happened is we saw so many rumors over and over again. I went, no, you know what? This is probably happening. <laughs> same thing with the Apple Watch. When you start I, seeing parts leaked from the factory. Completely. Like, that's when mm-hmm. you kind of know there's something. Oh, completely, completely. Rumors. And so, so I guess my, so we're not at that yeah. point with the 2017 iPhone yet, but we have heard so many things. Granted, it's only from a couple sources, but we're yeah. seeing already hearing so many things, and there's already so much chatter around that. It makes me uncomfortable as like an Apple Watcher because I'm going, you know, how how far ahead are we, and is that going to hurt them for the 2016 iPhone? Because again, like if all you've been hearing about is about the 2017 iPhone, and then the 2016 one comes out, and you're like, well, this doesn't look any different, and it yeah. loses this one feature that I've known for a long time, and it's, you know, um, you know, it, but but it doesn't look any different. I mean, that's like, wh- why do I care? Why don't I wait for the one? If I'm going to lose my headphone jack. I should get the glass phone. How I mean, how well would Apple withstand? I mean, a, a bad year for the iPhone. Apple can probably withstand that. Simone, I, I saw an article that said they could just continue to not make a dollar for something ridiculous like forty years and continue with their current operating. I believe that, expenses. but I also don't want to like so assume much, that right. because I feel like that's uh, that's playing too. Fast and loose. Well, I actually don't. I, yeah. I I don't think that's playing too fast. I mean, look, Marco Arment wrote an article last week that I, that I liked a lot of it. Uh, what he said, kind of saying you know, how Apple has to kind of, um, you know, really if the the next frontier is is a services and voice and stuff, then you know, as compared to, to Google, they might be in trouble. His initial headline, which I very much disagreed with, was how Apple can avoid becoming BlackBerry. He later changed the headline, and I agreed with his his the, the change in his headline better. But having said that, as somebody who has been very critical of BlackBerry, perhaps more than a lot of other journalists, they've blacklisted me two or three times, uh, full <laughs> disclosure. That is not why I'm critical of them. I've been critical of them, and they've just blacklisted me because that is what it is. Um, I don't think that they – I think the circumstances are substantially different than the cases were for BlackBerry or for Palm. Uh, for Palm, which was already going out of business and, and was already running out of cash and needed to be saved – even though they invented the smartphone as it stands, you know, that was one thing. BlackBerry was so slow to everyone making any changes. You know, they didn't respond for, for three years to the original iPhone. And by the time they did, it was way too late. And then they it was it took them another couple of years after that to rebuild an operating system. I mean, Apple, I think, is just on a different scale. Even though BlackBerry had money in the bank and was a multi-billion dollar company, Apple has, you know, $180 billion in cash. And that's after the, the – I mean, they have $240 billion in cash. And then I think $80 billion of that was like in, in, in borrowed stuff. So they've got, you know, $170, $160 
billion dollars in cash. Um, and, and, and that's so substantial that I don't think that as a company, like financially, I think they're, they're, they're fine. I mean, the same way the Microsoft is fine. Microsoft has no place in mobile. You know, their, their stake in mobile is basically non-existent and they're still Microsoft. I mean, I think Apple would be okay. I think the question though would be, it, the, the broader question is not would Apple survive? Because of course they would. They're so big. You hate to use the term too big to fail, but, but there is a certain way where that that's kind of true. Um, it would be, you know, would they remain the same kind of what they're seen as kind of industry leader? And 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 I think that for Apple, the big challenge is not of them becoming BlackBerry because uh, that's not going to happen. I genuinely think that what they have to worry about is becoming Microsoft. Yeah, I agree with that. I also think it's worth saying, like, you can go look at Apple's actual operating expenses and, yeah. you know, things like long-term leases for Apple stores and things like that are, are very big expenditures. But, like, it's not like, say... Here in Boston, like uh, Microsoft has a whole headquarters downtown and they've got the Nerd Center here, which they very generously let game developers use a lot. <laughs> uh, you know, like they, they do run leaner than many other uh, you know, companies as prominent as them. So the, the money they have on hand will, will leave them you know, fine to survive for a while. I, I would say this, though. I, I think there are some opportunities for Apple this year. I know going into WWDC, we're going to see a lot about encryption and security yes. on iPhones. Totally. So I think if they up the amount of like you know secure enclave, uh, that was a, a technology approach that I think um, I, I still see it talked about in a lot of you know hackers and security circles. Mm-hmm. So I, I would like to see them expand that approach. I think that could be a market differentiating feature in their new phone. Um, but other than that, I mean, the camera, what else can they really deliver? Like, I'm, I'm really kind of at a loss, a sharper screen. I, yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, I mean, I think it depends. I mean, to me, I mean, I think Siri isn't a huge opportunity. I mean, there's been rumors that they'll be doing an SDK. There's rumors they might even be doing like an Amazon echo like product. I mean, I think that that's an important kind of place in the future. Siri has, at least to me anyway, this is ironic. I feel like it's gotten better on every device, but the iPhone, you know, it's really good on the Apple watch. It's really good on the Apple TV. I would really love to see it as good on the, on the iPhone. And I would love to have an SDK where it can work with developers and people can power into Siri. I don't know if that's enough to to kind of get people to because that that's a software thing. It's not specifically hardware, but I mean, I feel like you know if you 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 do that and then you you know so it'll work on your older devices too. But then you know you open up an SDK, but then maybe you have some extra features that are on the new phone too that really kind of build into that. I mean, that could be compelling if you do it the right way. Um, but I'm with you. I mean, I, I don't know what else they do hardware wise because I think we're at a point with hardware where you're kind of like, well, where do you go from here? Well, something I thought about is you know. I, I don't believe with the new iPhone that Apple is going to come out and just release, you know, their kind of crappy ear pods with a lightning connector. I, yeah. I was mm-hmm. thinking about this today, how I I know the geeks give it 10 tons of crap. I love my Beats headphones. They are literally one of my favorite things that I own. My wireless yeah. Beats studio. I love mine too. Uh, I love those too. They're, they're so fantastic. And while I don't think that Apple would marry their iPhone line to their Beats line, I can definitely see them bringing, like Beats hasn't really had any no. big 
hardware releases. No, it has to. I want to send me a pair of Beats headphones when I get a new iPhone. I'm not going to be the person lining up to say no. Think about how much they could innovate in that area. Like you could have the worst part of my Beats headphones is wireless, is plugging it into this old crappy micro USB port. So like inductive charging with that, like really attractive Space Channel 5 headphones, like that would be awesome. That would be awesome. Or even, you know, they have micro USB now, but I mean, like the the Beats Pill, the the most recent one, the Pill Plus mm-hmm. had um, has micro USB, but it also has Lightning, which is great. Um, yeah. Having Lightning as a charging, even if you, I mean inductive would be better, obviously, but even having Lightning, so you could use the same cable with your phone as you use with your headphones, would be great. Um, but I think I think you're right, inductive charging would be huge. But I also feel like that's honestly something I hadn't even thought about, which is you know, they've owned Beats, they haven't really updated a lot of the Beats line up significantly since Apple bought them. But what if you had? A beat speaker with app with, with Siri built in. I would love that. That would be <laughs> great, right? Fantastic. Yeah. You know, you 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 have you have you have the pill, you know, speaker, which is which is great. You know, that competes against uh, you know, the Jambox, which is uh, now kind of defunct, and and you have you know a lot of other Bluetooth speakers, and people will pay a premium for it because it's Beats. Um, but if you had Siri built into that, I mean, I think that could honestly go head to head with the Google Home or with the Echo. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, you know, I think that's probably a good place to leave it. I mean, it's going to be a big challenge, but I, I think they've got things that they can do. But the stakes are high. And, the stakes um, are really high. I mean, I think yeah. that's the, that's, that's the and thing. And they could I, always pull something out and surprise us. Or they could oh, just... Oh, they could. Yeah. I, 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 I'm always one of those people who, and it's not just because I'm a fan, because I obviously am a fan, but I'm a fan of a lot of companies. But I never want to count Apple out because they are the sort of company that has time and time again, you know, we've people have counted them out and then they show up with something like Apple Pay or they show something something like Touch ID or they show up with something, you know, you're not expecting Siri, even the original Siri, you know, and, and, and that, those are things that, you know, people like have them, you know, for dead, which is ridiculous. You know, they're, they're the, they're still the wealthiest company in the world for a reason. So I have, I have friends that work at the Huffington Post, but I just want to like pull aside their, their entire technology team and go like, guys, we got to talk about your Apple headlines. It's so bad. <laughs> reporting is so bad on Apple. Oh. Shall we talk about some more product yeah. rumors? Yeah. So yeah. there were some leaked photos that indicate that the new MacBook Pro may have an OLED touch panel at the top of the bottom where presumably the buttons like volume and play and skip forward would be. I, what, 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 what do we think? Yeah. (laughs) That's a huge, huge change uh, in my history of the the MacBook using MacBooks, which is short, but story. What's the point? What's the point of that? Brie, like I I was, I was thinking about this. Like, so think about where F1, F2, F3 came from, right? It was yeah. the 80s. It was DOS was the primary yep. operating system. And like you would use these programs. So if you were in a spreadsheet and you wanted to go from you know one table to another, you wouldn't like, you know, you couldn't really use a, you know, like a mouse well, the to, to well, go around. You didn't around. have a mouse on DOS then. Hit, right, exactly. Totally. So you'd have to hit these keys to go to different views. So. To me, if you think about it, you know, the function keys are just an increasingly ridiculously antiquated idea. And I was thinking about like, you know, Christina, power users, like all three of us on this show, we don't need this. But I was thinking about my husband and how 
much time he spends like staring at the keyboard looking for the <laughs> right right button sometimes to use. So I I can actually like I'm thinking about logic ways you could mm-hmm. use this in logic or final Ooh, that'd cut. Be, that'd be interesting yeah. if you especially yeah. if there's any sort of capacitive aspect because if you press on it harder or softer especially in those apps you maybe it'll do different things. Now, that's interesting if you could program it too. I mean obviously you can yeah. now because I mean I know I, I don't do this anymore obviously but when I was in college and I was doing a lot of video editing you know I would get different keycap covers. Like for for Avid things or for Premiere or for Final Cut, you know, that would like show like, you know, hitting these key commands will do these things, you know, in your editing program and, and, and you know, cover, covered up the, the whole keyboard. But but I guess my question is, I mean, Apple has obviously resisted a touchscreen, you know, for a long time because they've said very clearly a number of times, including, you know, in, in, in interviews to people like, like, like us at Mashable that they feel like, you know, iOS is the touch experience, OS X is, is not. But – you know, what I guess, so I guess I wonder, like, what's the point then of like bringing any of this touch stuff to those, to those things, to those keys or the tops or bottoms of the keyboard? It just, it feels weird to me. It's like, it feels like if you're gimmicky gonna, for sure. It feels, it feels yeah. gimmicky and it feels like if you're going to do it, do it full blast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm like, I, I have used computers with like smooth touch buttons up there, but yeah, me too. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, in terms of like Premiere, I mean, as far as I, my use of keyboard shortcuts goes like none of the really crucial ones are up there because you don't want to reach all the way up right. there to to do anything. Yep. Totally, um, it's usually on, on your home key on your home keyboard stuff. Yeah, yeah, your home row. So I don't know how useful that would be in the end, and with programs like that, I mean, it would be well, a I cool think extra functionality. The but party app problem, right? Yeah. So you know, there's nothing. Have either of you ever used like the Razor because they tried to bring yes. out uh, a feature like this where it was like, you know, hotkeys would change dynamically. And what yeah. the end result ends up being is that almost no program is totally. actually <laughs> used to take advantage of it. Totally. So you have I mean, all this wasted space. So expecting when the Mac App Store has, let's be honest here, has problems. kind of failed to come through as a significant uh, place of revenue. For developers, do you really think Apple can apply that pressure to get all those developers to do that? I don't know if they can apply pressure. I think a lot of developers for a lot of those apps would support it anyway, whether they're they in the would. Mac App Store or not. I think I mean, they would. Because, because, I mean, I think that's been the case with with, with, with Force Touch on the trackpad. I, I've noticed that a lot of Force Touch support, very broad, way broader than I would have expected considering how little Apple has actually kind of, like, discussed it. Um, so I think that's the case. And I think also, too, the, the types of people, I would say this, even though I think that this is this is not because Apple would do a good job with this, I think this would be more attuned to the types of people who would make apps that would benefit from that customizability would be the, sort of the types of developers that would be like, well, yeah, we'll add support for this because that's what our users want. Um but yeah, I mean, but but I guess, but I guess, kind of go back to my fundamental question, I guess for for you guys. I mean, I just, I, I kind of wonder. I mean, like, I get it, and I get doing this, but I just feel like if you are going to start doing this touchscreen stuff, I mean, the only thing I can kind of think of is if you have like a fingerprint sensor, or you have some sort of other, you know, maybe Siri or something else built in. But I kind of wonder. I'm like, if you're going to do this kind of half ass, like. Why bother? Like, why not just if you're going to build touch support, and why not just build touch support into the screen? Like, which is why not just do that? I mean, and I get why they don't do that. I'm, I'm not arguing they should. I just feel like it feels, as you said, Brie, gimmicky to just have capacitive stuff into the keyboard. I don't know. 
Just from like a hardware perspective, it seems to me that if they're going to add Touch ID, the most logical place, like if you look at the way this technology functions, like under the trackpad is I, that's the way to feel. go. Yeah. I yeah. agree completely. That's, I mean, and that's, and, and, and in fairness, I mean, that's a number of other companies have had, you know, fingerprint sensors on their computers for years, not maybe to the, to the you know, a sophistication of Touch ID and what that does, but they've had fingerprint sensors for years. And that's always been where it's been. It's been on the trackpad and you're dead on. That, that works. But I guess, you know, I don't know. I, I don't disbelieve this rumor. I feel like it probably has a likelihood of being true. I just mm. I, and I it don't came wonder. from a pretty legit source. Yes, the KTS yeah. analyst source. who is always right. <laughs> yeah, no, he he he's right many m- much of the time. I guess I just don't understand the point. I guess. Yeah, we remain skeptics. Apple, convince us. Convince us. Show us off. At, show us at WWDC or at your hopefully or maybe maybe it'll be at your follow up event. Who knows? But like, show us. Show us, us why, why I want to put my fingers up there. Exactly. Why it's so important and why it makes everything so much better. Yeah. (laughs) So this next one is the one I'm excited about, though. This next rumor. This makes so much sense. And Apple's been building up to this moment in their hardware API and APIs and stuff for years. So this this is is so exciting. All right. So right now I'm in my office. I'm in my computer office and I have the most awesome Apple display setup. Yes, you you do. have, which is two old six-year-old <gasps> Thunderbolt displays. And they are, they are. And like the thing is when they're this big, you have to like turn them at this angle. They are, they are thick and old. And there's this, the worst thick part is like, beautiful, huh? using it, there's this like two inch gap in the middle yep. of it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I have been eager. Like every time I go to the Apple store, like you two do this too. Like yeah. you go in the Apple store and you're just looking at Apple porn and you're like, oh, yep. it's a sexy I'm, iMac. I'm like, oh, putting K5 video once you see Oh, oh. So it seems that Apple is finally going to, and this is a legit finally. As, as this is Gruber a real, said. as John Gruber said, he was like, this oh, is a real finally. It's like six years in the finally. making finally. So they're oh. going to be bringing a Retina 27 inch screen uh, to market. But that's not even the interesting part. The really interesting part is they are talking about having a dedicated um, graphical hardware. Yes. Included along with it. And this They're makes have so. To. Uh, they have to. That's the only way it works. To. That's it the only way it works. would never run with my MacBook. And no, like it would oh. well, and, 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 and they wouldn't have the bandwidth. I mean. Nope. You're, de- you're dead on. So, I mean, I've reviewed both 5K iMacs and both the one in, in, in 2013 or the. Uh, 2014 and the 2015 model. I've, I've reviewed both of them. And, you know, when I reviewed the first one, I mean, the really interesting thing was that it didn't have target display mode, which nope. is a, fe- a feature that every iMac has ever had. And and my 27-inch iMac that I got in 2009, one of the reasons I bought that and spent and I got a customer order and got like the highest end when I could is because I was like, well, I'm also getting a 27-inch cinema display built in too, which is basically how they worked. But because of the way that the 5K iMac worked, um, you know, they had to build a custom uh, timing controller to to work. They, Apple had to actually design it. Like, I remember them telling me, like, how they had to, like, build this in and, 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 and you know, associate it with the GPU directly. And that's how they were able to do it. And they weren't able to make it work as a, as a separate display. So you couldn't just connect even a capable, you know, MacBook Pro to the, the 5K iMac, you can't use it as a display. It doesn't work that way. And 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 I think that's why, the for me, the only rumor that makes sense is that they would be building in a dedicated GPU 
into the device itself and their own timing controller so that it can actually power and push the pixels it's needed to push um, to, you know, your, your, your MacBook Pro or your other iMac or, or whatever the case may be. Well, which is non-trivial too. People no, don't appreciate this. So if yeah. I have a 512 uh, texture map, let's say I go one level up, like, cause we're working in power of twos. If I go from a, a 512 to a 1024, that's not double, that's quadruple. Exactly. That's quadruple exactly. the that's quadruple power the number of information pixels, yep. there. Because it's so, double in both directions, right? Exactly. Just so people understand. So yeah. if you're talking about retina screen, like this is ridiculously taxing on your computer <laughs> to try to run this. So baking in, and it makes so much sense. Christina, do you remember when OpenCL, like Apple, first started yep. hyping this at WWDC? And granted, this was back before they did integrated processors in it their was. Uh, retina It MacBook was. It was. It was. It was when they still had the discrete. Right. And they were like, oh, we're just wasting so much power. We just want to get all of the you know, all of the the juice out of this. But now, if you think about the way that you would have to distribute that and, you know, like, oh my God, if you've done, like in in 3D stuff, we have all these distributed solutions that kind of use these same principles. It's it's a non-trivial problem. So it... Yeah, we are talking about when you can kind of like judge the validity of Apple rumors. And yes, there's like reputable reporters and there's component leaks. But to me, and this is what was kind of hinting to Touch ID, was some of the things I had heard pointing to with um, you know Apple's APIs and some of the directions in there. So I don't know. I think this is um, it, it's something Apple desperately needs. It's something that they desperately need. I mean. Case in point, when I reviewed the Mac Pro, um, now this was was more than two years ago, um, and I reviewed it in like early 2014. It came out in the end of 2013, but I didn't get a review unit until 2014. Um, I wanted to re- to review it with 4K monitors, and Apple didn't sell one, so I had to um, get one from uh, Samsung, and I had to get one from I, I don't remember the other company, maybe it's Asus, Acer, one of them, and and um, you know Sanyo, somebody like that. I had to, and I got two of them, and I was able to do them side by side, and it was great. Um, but Apple didn't have anything to sell me. There was like a Dell monitor you could buy off their website. And I think there was like a, you know, there there was like a, a, another one like you could get. It was a, it was ridiculous. And it's still ridiculous in, in 2016 that you can't get, you know, a, a 4K even, let alone a 5K, you know, monitor from Apple if you're having a Mac Pro or or even a MacBook Pro, even if it's powerful enough to, to push these things. And, and the thing is, is that, you know, everybody else in the market is pushing this stuff. And if you're wanting to edit 4K video, for instance, I mean, you know this, Simone. You, yes, I do. Obviously, you, you can do this on a MacBook Pro. Um, obviously, you have to view it in a much smaller, you know, window and whatnot. But, like, you you, you can't zoom in the way. You need to have, like, a, a pe- people, a lot of people, like my office, about half our office on our video team, like, they have 4K monitors hooked up to, you know, their MacBooks or, or to the Mac Pros. And it's been ridiculous that Apple hasn't had anything to offer to that. And, and I've understood, as, for all the reasons Brie laid out, why they haven't. You know, they need if they're gonna if Apple's gonna release a monitor, they can't release a monitor the way that Dell does. You know, they need they it has to be able to work with a wide array of products. And the problem is is that you can't just release a monitor if you're Apple that'll only work with one computer. That's just you, you can't do that. And so this this makes perfect sense that they'd be building the graphics into it, but it makes it so much interesting, very interesting. It makes me wonder about the price. Um I have a feeling the price will be about the same as what it's been. Yeah. But, um 
But that's okay because she'd be getting fine. so much more. Yeah. I, I agree I with mean, you. I know, I'm with yeah. you. I, I feel like, honestly, this is a weird thing and that I feel like this justifies the price because 4K monitors have dropped in price a lot, even the ones that have higher frame rates. Um, but but I feel like this would be, if it has the, the, the dedicated GPU, this is enough for a lot of people who would say, okay, but I can actually use this. And th- this will actually work with my 2015 MacBook. This will work with, you know, my my, you know, all, all of my stuff. This will actually work. Well, I have to say too, like the longevity, I have, I've never regretted dropping the bread for an Apple monitor. Like this is no. running my office for years. It's totally. dead dependable, you know, works yeah. in clamshell mode. And the new one, you know, presumably will have this, um, you know, higher throughput, you know, for, for Thunderbolts and things like that. So I, I don't know. I think you're getting a lot with it and I've no doubt it yeah. will last a long time. So yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, I mean, that's the thing is, is that it's been, you know, five years or whatever since they've updated, you know, the Thunderbolt display. And before that, it was it was it was the the, the cinema display that was, um, you know, display port, but it had like the same look. I mean, it's been a long, long time since they've updated this. Um, I This would be a true finally. I'm what I'm hoping will happen with this is that they'll also update the Mac Pro along with it. Oh, that would be great. That would be because, great. Because it's time. You know, they announced the Mac Pro as WWDC 2013. They released at the end of that year and then it came out, you know, at the very end of 2013. Um, and I feel like, you know what, it would be like worth it. You know, it, it's been enough time even though the process... You, the existing owners wouldn't feel bad about it. You can still probably get upgrade cards and things they would sell. But I feel like it would be good to have, you know, Thunderbolt 3, to have USB-C maybe in integration. And, and like, if you did have Thunderbolt 3, like, make it super easy if you're connecting it to this new device, you know, whether you, you could maybe even opt in settings to, to choose, you know, your own graphics card to power it or use the graphics card on the on the monitor. But the great thing about having it powered on the monitor is even if you're using a Mac Pro, you're not having to waste precious resources driving your display. Yeah. Yep. Which which Love is which that. is for a lot of people. Love that yeah, a lot. Right? Because I mean yeah. that's the thing, right? Is that so many people now, like when you buy when you configure a Mac Pro, if you're buying one for video, you've got to think about how many monitors am I hooking up and how many yep. displays do I have to drive. And if it, your display is driving itself, that's I think to me immediately worth whatever the extra price you're paying for it. Yeah, I have to agree with that. I think it's also worth saying, like, since the original Mac Pro came out or the redesigned Mac Pro. The the thing that people are using high end workstations for has changed. Uh, VR has exploded. VR, I was going to say you VR know, is I'm huge. More opened an entirely new, um, you know, arm of their publishing company to evaluating the stuff. Simone and Apollyon is doing a lot of stuff with that. The truth is, a Mac is just not available to do this this work on. It's it's just not. I can you can go buy a twelve core Mac Pro today, and in so many ways, it's just not the droid you're looking for. So, <laughs> I would I would really like to see Apple come forward and kind of, you know, address this new market. So it's an exciting time, and you know, this is what's great about WWDC because if there's any event where they're going to announce a new Mac Pro, this is going to be it. So, oh, I'm so jealous that you guys get to go. We are. We're going to be partying without you. Or presumably both of you, at least. Presumably both of us. Yeah, we'll see. So you had also some feelings about the backlash against Rogue One being... Take uh, it away, Bree Bree. Oh, yeah. So Rogue One is going into reshoots is the context for this. Okay, we're going we're gonna to talk about this. So we'll, we'll make this a quick dessert topic today. But, um, you know, just like there's been a lot of fan backlash against Ghostbusters, mm-hmm. and it hasn't quite been as much for Rogue One, but there are, there are a lot of people that are kind of 
you know, there was definitely that, oh, another, you know, Star Wars movie starring a woman. So one of the things that came out this week uh, was in Entertainment Weekly. I forget where it was. No, it was actually the New York Post. New York Um, Post, And and, and usually people would would dismiss the New York Post. Yeah, I would say say for sports, they're always accurate. And I would say for entertainment, they have a decent track record. In this case, they actually broke the casting story for Rogue One first. So they are not someone to be completely dismissive of. Anyway, go on. So, Right. But basically, they, they ran the story. It had one source in it. And they were mm-hmm. talking about Disney execs, like, you know, freaking out because uh, apparently the movie was terrible. And they were ordering all these expensive reshoots. A month of, resho- a month of reshoots. So, and then the internet is like, um, you know, this movie is going to suck, blah, 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 blah. So, you know, Christina, you and I both have some reservations about this film. Yes. I mean, do we want to start with that? Because I yeah, think the trailer that. was terrible. I, I, I think, think the was... trailer. I think the trailer was kind of terrible. And, and you are the I mean... only two people that I've ever heard say that. Really? And I mean, if I'm totally honest, like it sounded sarcastic. It, yeah, it really. wasn't. It did sound sarcastic. I mean, if I'm being honest, I, I didn't love the trailer. And I also, even though I, I don't want to hate on it just because of the fact that it's new, I feel skeptical just because I feel like they, Disney especially, has kind of a – a history of, of of running themselves too thin when they go to franchises, and I feel like you need to have a really good person kind of shepherding your project. And I don't know how good the person shepherding Rogue One is. That's my, that's my personal opinion. So I'm I'm not I'm not in a place where I'm like, oh, this is going to be terrible at all. Uh, but I'm also skeptical just because you know you don't want to build yourself up for something. I think all of us for Star Wars fans have have understood what it's like to build yourself up for something great, and then you get three terrible movies. I mean, we finally oh. got with Force Awakens. We it was amazing, right? It was the best oh, ever. So but good. It, so it, good. it fulfilled everything. But I feel like even though that was so good, that it hasn't overcome the the geek in me is like heart where I'm like. So, yeah, okay, but Simone, but, but this I have might to not ask be good. you about this. I have to ask you. So if there was like an, an eight-year-old Brianna out there today writing Star Wars fanfic about Rogue One, this is the line I would write. Like, you know, oh, I thought we were a rebellion. I rebelled. <laughs> like, that's exactly what you would write. You're so your right, Brie. Oh, my God. And she so delivers right. it so badly. So I badly. Even, I don't notice anything. Thing different from any other blockbuster film oh that God. Hollywood releases. I actually had to go looking to make sure there wasn't like a second Rogue One trailer that had come out that was horrible because I was like, what are they <laughs> I talking don't think it's about? Horrible. I just feel like it's subpar. That okay. So let me correct myself. Okay, but what have we learned from like trailer subpar. editing and the whole new Star Trek movie fiasco? Trailers. Uh, okay, you're, and also, uh, you're the right. Ghostbusters trailer. Did you guys see that article? Yes. That um, yes. Uh, what with Dan shoot, what's his name? Tony yeah. Tony Joe, who does Every Frame of Painting, published an article comparing the editing of the U.S. trailer for Ghostbusters and the U.K. trailer for Ghostbusters, yeah, and go- basically UK like how they better. both tell the same joke, but they tell it, the U.K. trailer tells way. it better because the editing is better, and how yeah. uh, the film editing completely wrong. makes the joke. Anyway, my point you're, you're, is... You're not wrong. <laughs> I, I guess, guess it's my like point if you is, look at the Force Awakens trailer, I mean, yep. there's beautiful cinematography. Well, like Kylo it, Ren looking out is like the mm-hmm. Star Killer. Well, and, and then you had the that shot of plasma. Chewie and Han. Oh. And, uh, the whole, but but oh. the thing is, you uh, here's the thing, and, and this yeah. is unfortunate for Rogue One, and this is something they can't overcome. They are going to be compared to the best and the worst of Star Wars. <laughs> oh yep. gosh, and, and, but, yeah, you know, but they are. It's you true. know what I mean? So 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 you've got to overcome. 
the you you got to overcome the fears from fans, which are very well founded because George Lucas in in his day of doing Star Wars did a number on the series, and and some of the spinoffs TV shows weren't great either. You know, like there's been a number of things done to to the fans, um, so people are skeptical. But then you also, I ironically, you almost have like this this harder thing to overcome, which is you know, Force Awakens was so good. Mm-hmm. That people, the, the, it was it was it was it was better than it had any right to be. It was a good movie, even if you didn't like Star Wars. It 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 it, it was franchise reintroducing. It was it was perfect. That you almost have this like inferiority complex that no matter how good you are, no matter how good your story is, you're never going to live up to this because it's like you're trying to compete with the Godfather, you know, or the Godfather yeah. too. You know what I mean? Well, like, J.J. And, and Abrams, how are you going to be better? Who is just well, masterful in his uh, and, work. And, and, Exactly, exactly. And if you, exactly. So, but this is what really, frankly, pissed me off about this story. So I, I don't pretend to be like a hyper expert in Hollywood, but I know BS when I hear it. And like sure. the truth is, it is routine because so much money is spent on these movies these days. Just like um, going back through and adjusting levels is routine in the game industry. Like, you know, adding more development time adding reshoots to extremely expensive, big-budget, high-profile movies is utterly routine. Suicide Squad had it. Mm -hmm. Captain America Civil War had it. X-Men Apocalypse had it. And it's just, it's par for the course. So, for it, it's just so frustrating to see people rooting for this movie to fail. I agree. Because, mm-hmm. I agree. like, I am skeptical based on that trailer because the beats felt wrong to me. And but I want this to be a good movie because I love same. Star Wars. Same, same, and, yeah. and 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 I I would agree with that. And I would also say, I mean, I think that you know a lot. There's a you, you didn't touch on this, but I'll touch on this. There is a gendered aspect. You kind of mentioned this a little bit at the front. It, to me, anyway, it seems like, and, and maybe I'm wrong on this, maybe, but 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 it, it feels similar <laughs> to to the Ghostbusters backlash, where there's yeah. a gendered aspect to some of the backlash, which bothers me because it'd be one thing if it were fans who were you know rejecting it based on 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 everything we've seen and i don't love the trailer you know but 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 if people were rejecting it and rooting it for it to fail on those basis but the the i can't escape the fact that there's a gendered aspect that really seems to be like uh we don't like it because there's a female protagonist and yeah. so we it, you know you're you're getting into our sandbox and this is making us uncomfortable yeah i think that's fair yeah, I, I definitely agree with that i i think yeah, just coming back to the trailer, though, to me, it's it's when you saw Kylo Ren, like in the trailer, you saw this, you saw these shots of this epic looking villain that was like holding Darth Vader's burnt mask, right? So with this one, like you see the villain and what are the really big shots of him in the in the trailer? You see him walking across water, like this white robe flowing behind him. I, I do like the musical cue of like this klaxon blaring to kind of set the emotional beats of the stories that's going along. But then, um, you know, just the side characters like saying, will you fight? It just feels so empty and it feels it feels more like Hunger Games, but bad Hunger Games, like Divergent. You know what I mean? Like it just I do get the, the visual. Yeah. There's a definite visual reference with the yeah. uh, the the way that the. the the framing and the outfit of the main character and everything. Yeah. No, I agree with you. And, and, I th- and I think Bad Hunger Games is the right way because I actually really liked the Hunger Games uh, I uh, series. I, yeah. I, 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 I really liked that series of films, but I think Diversion is the perfect example, which is terrible. I mean, <laughs> oh, a, a, oh, wait, 
way subpar books. Yep. Let's be real. And, and also way, way subpar like movies. Like like Hunger Games is a series and as a movie series, I thought worked. But yeah, Excellent. totally. I think Excellent. we can move away from the like the scrappy heroine is always a white brunette. Like how yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. Failingly. Unfailingly. Well, you know what's happened though is is that you know, they, they go after what works. And it's like finally they yeah. found a, a trope of, of starring a woman. So there's some diversity there. And like, oh, and, and she's a brunette because that's diverse oh, too. Because she's white, but blonde. she can't be blonde because blondes are frivolous. So yeah. blondes are frivolous. Oh, I and blondes, blondes have been overused. And blonde, blonde, blondes are frivolous and, 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 and are loose. But, but so, so she'll be brunette <laughs> because then, then she's, 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 you know, Thinks to herself and 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 has is brooding she's and, and yeah exactly <laughs> she's, she's serious, serious. exactly Fair. and it's like, it's like why can't she be loose too because as a brunette I, I would like to say <laughs> as a brunette I am loose <laughs> absolutely oh. and so no but but totally I mean, but but it's weird that it's you're so right that it's become like we finally have like female like protagonists but it's the same female. Mm-hmm. Which, frankly, is, like, I'm part of me, I'm like, well, at least it's a chick. But yeah, then I'm not going like, to crap on that. But, like, me I either, see what but you're I'm doing, like, Hollywood. I see because you. you t- completely. I, I feel like I have to say this, though. And, you know, like, I feel like I've taken my lumps for feminism and the cause for women, you know, like, representation. But it's something that I do find very frustration about the culture of the left is it sometimes feels like we're we're we can't appreciate anything unless it it falls up to the standard that's so high it's not attainable because you know if it was a person of color there some people would be saying well why don't we have queer representation why don't we have trans representation so i i completely agree with the criticism and you know divergent hunger games uh you know force awakens now rogue one all do have this one archetype and i want to see more from that but i'm also not going to feel guilty about going and enjoying a movie because it is moving in a direction that we oh, desperately, not. desperately need. I think there's need. a big difference yeah. in some articles this week that have been published that have kind of missed this point. Uh, there's a big difference between pointing out a trend that we could improve on, such as, say, not having every serious action heroine be a white brunette and mm-hmm. boycotting it or taking action against it. Or, like, because, I mean, I it is, a ve- like you said, it's a valid point it's a weird trend that hollywood has glommed onto uh obviously it won't affect my enjoyment of the movie because i'm a human being and i enjoy films that are fun (laughs) yeah america (laughs) but yeah like it's it's so it's so hard to explain to people uh just thinking back on those articles like i had i got into this with the um the give Elsa a girlfriend hashtag, which I was not personally a part of. Um, I'm a frozen hater. But <laughs> the what? idea that, oh, don't even get me started. We actually can't talk about that. Um, I have oh. nothing against the film Frozen. People enjoyed it and got good, meaningful meanings out of it. And yep, I I'm love glad Frozen. that you do. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, when you have to tell us why you hate Frozen oh, so much. We'll talk yeah, about that when Frozen 2 comes out. But anyway, like, I think we can all agree, and this is what I talked a bit about on Twitter this week, that there's a difference between like trending the hashtag give Elsa a girlfriend and putting that wishful thinking out there and putting that idea out there and letting those voices be heard and saying, 
Frozen 2 will be garbage if Elsa is not gay, which I don't believe yes. anyone yeah. did. Seriously, if they um, they were probably a lot trolls. of Tumblr did. A lot of Tumblr did, Simone. Let's be very real. A lot of Tumblr did. Now, let's also be real. A lot of Tumblr would never pay to see Tumblr 2. Uh, Frozen Tumblr 2. Regardless, 2. But- <laughs> a lot of Tumblr a lot of too. Tumblr would never Tumblr pay needs to see a girlfriend. It does, but a lot of Tumblr would never pay to see Frozen two anyway. But you know what I mean. Like Maybe I, I don't I, move I feel- in those circles. I did not see any of that, but I also feel like that hashtag trending is not going to have any results on the outcome of on the box office of the film. Uh, and, uh, well, it's two things. It will have no impact on the box office of the film, but let's be very, very, very clear. It will have no impact on the on the writing. Exactly. Of the film. And that's what I'm saying. I'm saying that it's important to put those words out there. It's not the same as yes. like sending death threats to creators and telling them you have to do this. You're this right. Way. I'll, I'll, I mean, I think I think you're right, although I think that fans need to understand. And many fans don't. And I, I fandoms hate on me, but I'm right. Many fans don't understand this, that just because you feel like you have a campaign and you have a stake in something that you are not the creator and you will never be the creator and you are vision for the future is never going to dictate or should not, in my opinion, dictate what the creators actually do. Because it, when that happens, and we've seen this happen before, when when creators start to, to you know, like, lean towards what the fans want to happen, usually it ends up being creatively worse. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, though Mass Effect 3's endings worked out okay. I, I guess I would say sure. this. I think there are a lot of people on the left that took the, the wrong lesson from Gamergate, which is uh, there are only bad targets that can be harassed. And if we right. agree with them, that's okay. Uh, sure. The lesson we need to learn is harassment is bad, period. And sending Agreed, death 100%. threats to people and making it so personal. Uh, you know, I, I think people on the left could probably do a little better and have a little bit more patience with people of different political ideologies. <laughs> that's I think that's what I would, definitely I would, fair. Yes. And I also yeah, think totally. it has zero to do with saying that Hollywood has too many white brunette protag- female protagonists nope, nope, and my nope. and my enjoyment of the film because though I can hold those two things inside me and be a whole person. Simone, you are awesome. So You are the yeah, best. We 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 know. <laughs> awesome. Uh what are we up to this week? Brianna? Ah, uh, I started my book this week. It is it is hard to do. Um, So that's what I'm doing. (laughs) Uh, Writing is hell. Christina, what about you? I mean, I'm just excited about Beyonce. I managed to forget. I had managed to put it out of my mind and live a happier life. I'm sorry. Look. I'm going to be real with you. I heard a camera on Monday or Tuesday rather that I get tomorrow and I'm just and and then I'm off on Monday and Tuesday because my sister's coming into town and then I'm going to the concert Tuesday and Wednesday. So really I I'm just it's Beyonce. You're That's just going to be about. practicing taking photos all weekend. Yeah. Middle fingers up. <laughs> I'm going to Philly yeah. for a wedding this weekend, but uh, last weekend I, I went to the Hatsune Miku concert, which was an experience. Oh my god. You y'all know about Hatsune Miku. No. The Japanese holograms. Uh, I, I know Brianna so. does. I was like, why is Brianna so quiet? I feel like we've talked about her before. So I sent my uh, mom a yeah. text. She was like, what are you doing this weekend? I was like, I'm going to the Hatsune Miku concert. She's a Japanese <gasps> hologram. And she never oh, replied. Cool. And I was like, oh, my God. My <laughs> own mother is disowning is me out. for being a weeaboo. I can't believe this. So I went <laughs> but to your the- mom knows your, your game. She does. She knows I'm weird. <laughs> I made her watch so many K-pop videos. I feel so bad. Oh, my God. But I went to the concert. It was full of very 
uh, tall, tall men. So tall. <laughs> tall men who stood so close to the stage because they actually got there on time, unlike me and my friends who got there a few minutes late because we were pre-gaming and playing Overwatch. Um, what a, what a. Such a friend request, by the way. Oh, so God, cool. I have to log on and see it. I have to have no time. So good. So good. I'm, I'm excited for you to carry me to victory. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you playing? Who are you playing? Okay. I play Farah uh, or McCree if I'm offensive. Offensive. Offense. I'm always offensive. Oh. Uh, I play Junkrat if I feel like ruining lives. I play Torbjorn uh, and Symmetra or Symmetra? I can't remember. On Symmetra. defense. Symmetra. Symmetra. Uh, those Christina, are my you're going to have to like buy a PS4 oh, and Overwatch I know, I am. just I am. to well, do this. I'm it wait, is I'm, so I'm, good. I'm oh. waiting for the Neo guys. I'm waiting for the Neo. Oh yeah, we can't tell <laughs> Christina to buy out. a PS4 after all that we've been through these last two weeks. I, I can't. So I will look in September. You guys, I will buy one. And we will play. It'll be amazing. Okay. Promise. All right, all right, all right. So I need three months. So it's, I'm what good. if no one all is right, playing we'll Overwatch in September? Oh, I will still be playing. We will still be playing Overwatch. Yeah, come on. So I have to say I'm maiming Diva because like her her two pronged attack with like the shield and her booster rocket abilities, which make her if you abuse that like the spam cooldown on it, you can almost be a tracer. Except there's this <laughs> giant mech going around, and you can get up behind Bastion and just blow that mofo away. Thank so, God! Thank oh, God! Nice. Love her, love her. Okay, we should end the show because yep. I could literally talk about Overwatch for another That'll five be same hours. And I'm recording, and I'm recording from the office, so I need to go home. Oh, God, Christina, no. Okay, uh, where can we find you online, Christina? You can find me at film underscore girl on the Twitters, the Instagrams, and the Snapchats, and you can find me at mashable.com slash people slash Christina. All right, and Brianna. You can find me on the PSN playing Overwatch under the name Space Cat Gal, where I will be playing the game, diving your face with a shotgun. I be great. screamed first time I got play of the game, and I screenshot oh, that. Oh, so good. So good. Uh, I, you can find me on Twitter at Doom Quasar. Ugh. And you can find my videos on Polygon's YouTube channel. Thank you so much for w- listening. I almost said watching the show. Uh, thanks so much for watching my videos. No, thank you so much for listening to the show. <laughs> if you liked it, please go rate us on iTunes. We super duper appreciate it. And we'll be back with you uh, with Serenity Caldwell yeah. next week. Yay! This episode of Rocket is terminated. 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 Terminated.